in the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God. As we gather here tonight and pause for an extra moment this week, an extra hour, an extra time of reflection, tonight we once again consider another of those titles, those names of Jesus. Last week, if you were here, you'll remember Pastor Ludwig preached a sermon about Jesus' very name, Yeshua, the, the, the name that binds us to him, that name that, that comes with it, forgiveness, life, and salvation, that name which now in baptism belongs to you. And so tonight, we consider another title, another name, another sort of image for Christ. Tonight, we ponder what it means for Jesus to be the Lamb. And so tonight, I figured we might take a little time, time traveling together, back through the history of Israel, through the history of God's people, through the history where the Lamb is at the center of God's wonderful, true story. The first place that we go together is to Egypt, and it's around 2200 B.C., many, many years before Christ is ever even a twinkle in Mary's eye. It's evening, and God is coming down into the community as people are, are huddled together in their homes behind locked doors. They're afraid. They're anxious. They are not sure what is to come. And I can imagine there were maybe screams and shouts, and there were the sound of, of wailing from the nearby Egyptians as they discover the horror that awaits them. And the, the Hebrews, the Hebrews were able to keep their calm because they had a word, a word from God, a promise, something that he has told them would be true. And so they gathered around, they gathered around not just something ordinary, but they gathered around a lamb, but not just any lamb, a slaughtered lamb. A lamb that was perfect, that was blemishless, the best of their flock. This lamb was special. This lamb was, was set apart, and so God commanded them to take this lamb and to give, make it a sacrifice. And outside, their door frames made of wood were painted in blood. See, tonight, the Israelites would be delivered from slavery. The Israelites would be safe as God would come down to kill the firstborn of all of the Egyptian families. God would pour out his wrath upon Egypt. But he would keep his promise to Israel. And Israel, Israel, the people of God, would rise that next morning to a new dawn, a new day, a day where they were no longer enslaved by the Egyptians, a day where they were no longer, uh, they were no longer worked to death, a day where they no longer felt the lash and the sting of their rulers. But instead, God would lead them out of this land. He would lead them onward into the world. He would part the Red Sea and they would march triumphantly across his people, their God. Together, they could go and do great things. And he would make a promise to them. They would be his people. And he would be their God. This night is called the Passover. For this night was when God passed over his people. 
This night that is marked by, by Israel is, is one of the most important moments in their history, maybe the most important in the history that they have. It was this night, this night of deliverance, this, this true moment that proved to, to all nations that the God of Israel was the God Almighty. He was the God of all creation. And they would cling to this moment year after year. They would remember this moment, and year after year, they would celebrate this moment. They would celebrate the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb that cleansed them of all their sin. They would celebrate this significant and this this important moment with forgiveness. And on this night, they would be reminded and assured that God's people heard their cries. He heard their cries of pain. He heard their cries of longing. He heard their cries of suffering. And he heard their cries of sorrow. And he would change those cries. He would transform those cries into shouts of joy, into shouts of redemption, into shouts of salvation. God has heard his people. And he has delivered his people. Now we're going to go forward a little bit in our time machine. It's going to take us to a desert outside of Galilee near the sea. And there people are gathering around. It's hot. It's, it's in the middle of the day. And there they see a man off in the distance. He is slowly approaching. He looks tired. He's weary. He looks even a little bit hungry. And there we see in the crowd as they gather around, we also see a man named John. John was one who was going around baptizing and he was prophesying and and, and John had beheld the Spirit come upon this man off in the distance. And he did not know him, but he knew who he was. And upon seeing this face coming ever closer to him, upon seeing this man walking out of the desert, a cry was forced from his mouth as John pointed, hey, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he knew. He knew this Jesus was the very Son of God, the one that was promised, the one they've been waiting for. And I could only imagine... All who gathered there on that fateful day heard those words, the Lamb of God, were transported back in time. Back to that night. That special night, that momentous night, the night when they gathered around a slaughtered lamb for the forgiveness of sins. I can imagine that their minds were were brought to acknowledge their own shortcomings, their bondage, their slavery. But they were reminded of forgiveness and salvation. They would be reminded of blood painted on wood, and they would be reminded of deliverance. Who is this lamb? Who is this Jesus who comes not only to them, but to you and to me? Who is the one who takes away the sin of the world? I can imagine they wondered. I can imagine they questioned I could imagine they contemplated and reflected as we do tonight. And while they may wonder, they would soon receive an answer. 
See, only a few years later, they would see their answer. They had seen and heard of this Jesus teaching and preaching and doing miraculous things. They had seen and heard him in his wisdom that he brought. They had heard him preach about the kingdom of God. And they would take this Jesus and they would arrest him. On the same day that the Passover feast was being prepared, Jesus was being prepared himself. The Lamb of God was being prepared as a sacrifice that this time would not only save the people of Israel, but it would save all people in all times, in all places of all nations. And this Lamb, he would no longer be spotless, but he would be beaten, bloodied, and scourged. And then they would strap to him a cross that he would carry on his own two pieces of wood that his blood would eventually be painted over. And he would cry out, But his father would not hear him. But as the father sees him, he sees the one who dies for all people, for you and for me. He sees the only one who would die. He sees Jesus and he looks and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sin and mine. And he would be satisfied. God would behold his son sacrificing himself and his wrath would pour out upon him. And so he now passes over you and me with his judgments. He sees the wood painted with his blood and he would go over us and he would go straight to Jesus. For he has won us for him. See, as we gather here tonight... As we continue to contemplate and prepare our hearts for this Christmas that approaches, let us not forget what Christmas is truly about. While we can fixate on the manger, we ought not forget the cross. We cannot forget the the voice of John crying in the wilderness, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away your sin and mine. Brothers and sisters, do not forget Christ. I know it's busy. I know it's hard. I know the schedules are full. I know. But do not forget his name. Do not forget that, that by his name we are saved. Do not forget that that by his death we are forgiven. Do not forget that the blood poured out on those pieces of wood won salvation. Do not forget that God passes over you and me. Brothers and sisters, by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Christ, you are no longer slaves to your sin. You are no longer in bondage to Satan and you no longer are beneath the stinging lash of death. Instead, in Jesus, you are free. You are redeemed. And you are saved. So as we get closer to Christmas, as we get closer to the manger, I want you to see the cross. I want you to hear the voice of John proclaiming in the desert that day, proclaiming it to you. 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lamb of God who takes away your sin and my sin forever and for eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.